Welcome to Ghostwatch 2017. My name is Corey Andrew Dickinson, and I have a podcast about Kamen Rider Ghost called Ghostwatch 2016, where a couple of my friends and I watch Kamen Rider Ghost. Uh, this is about that podcast. Uh, this is episode 22. Are you going to introduce ourselves? Fine. <laughs> I've asked Adam Wasserman. Hi. And Alexi Peppers. Hi. Don't sound too excited about it. To give me feedback on my other podcast. Begrudgingly invited us. Yeah, they're they're here too. It's not just me talking about my other thing. But do you guys have the title? Yes. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Ep- episode episode 22, twenty-two. Purple, Purple lightning, lightning to death. death. In episode twenty-two, Common Rider Ghost, we take a tour of Gnome World and see their space coffins and a special icon exhibit. Theme song, so you don't bug me. I've already got my drink. Wow. No Godzilla time today. Magic ghost balls and fanny packs. And despite never leaving Coriander is back. The bestest post that watched Common Rider Ghost has more to say with this replay. Join Adam and Alexi in this meta fun, rehashing the show that still isn't done. Enjoy the unseen with Ghostwatch 2017. I don't even need to introduce you guys. You guys are in the opening, mentioned in the theme song. Yeah, but that assumes you remember to play the theme song. Oh. episode 22 i'm starting to get sassy yeah ah it's punchy. i was i was considering questioning alexi about a godzilla fact and that she was watching the matthew broderick godzilla and i that's true assumed that all true godzilla fans would not watch that movie no 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 i mean i would not put it above any japanese godzilla film like in ranking particularly you know like it's a different thing but it's still, to me at least, a fairly enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. I find it very interesting because unlike, well, I feel like Legendary Pictures, I actually, and here's a hot take, I like the Matthew Broderick Godzilla more than the newest Legendary Pictures Godzilla. Me too. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the new one with uh, all of those people that don't matter. Yeah, this white, yeah. white bread. All those people who die. Protagonist. Yeah. No, at least mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Broderick's has some like personality to it, and they did kind of put their own fist on it. Like I was talking to my brother, other big Godzilla fan, about how I do think it's interesting that Zilla, the Godzilla in that one, is like this different Godzilla design. Like he doesn't just look like the typical suit Japanese style Godzilla. Yeah, it's like sleek and big head. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know if More I love it, but it's cool that they decided to do their own thing while still having the signature roar and uh, like light up spikes, right? Spikes, no, light up spikes. No. It doesn't light up. But the roar, mm. yes. yes. It's actually there's a point of contention as to whether Zilla is able to do any kind of like fire breath or nuclear breath because there's a scene where it looks like he does. But the official word is that he actually just had like blown up a helicopter and the fire was coming from that. So apparently in a video game, I think he has acid breath. Hmm. For dissolving fish. 
Yes. I love it. That that Godzilla is just like, A, pretty smart. B, just like so benign. He, she, like they just want to eat a lot of fish and have some kids. And like the military is responsible for almost all of the damage to property. Also, what's with the US just not evacuating? Like <laughs> a lot of people get killed on screen in Matthew Broderick Godzilla, which was weirding me out. Because that doesn't actually happen a lot in the Japanese ones, except I realize it's because yeah. Japan, they always evacuate the city. But it was like people are still just chilling out in New York after Zilla has arrived and everyone knows about it. It's wild. I think they would. <laughs> I don't think it people rainy, would evacuate. <laughs> you know, it would be inconvenient. Yeah. This reminds me of uh, something that somebody said on the Power Rangers news group a very, very long time ago uh, when. It was pointed out that um, in Power Rangers episodes, like it's you, you always see uh, Japanese people fleeing from the giant monsters, and never white people. <laughs> and person who's making the who, who's responding to this observation said that the Japanese people just had a lot more practice, so they were at the front of any kind of crowd <laughs> that was fleeing from giant monsters. Pretty much, it it appears that uh, the average New Yorker is not prepared to deal with a giant monster, and will in fact just kind of. Assume it's not going to happen to them until they get stomped. I would hold up Independence Day as kind of a mm. parallel. I do like the flip side in that in Shin Godzilla, there's like specifically shots of people taking cell phone footage of initial Godzilla stuff. They eventually evacuate Tokyo and everything, but like I, I appreciated the modern take. Like there's lots of stuff in Shin Godzilla that makes it feel very realistic, but. They did definitely have in the beginning people on smartphones being like, I'm not going to run away. This is this is good. I got to put this on fine. Yeah, that's the form too, wobbling up the street. I got to look at that. <laughs> like for reals though, if there was a Godzilla attack in, in, in Edmonton, I would head for high ground mostly just to get a good view. Yeah. It would be a very, very short attack. It's not a large downtown. <laughs> it's really not. But I'd be like, look, how many opportunities am I going to have in life to see something exactly. like this? Sure. It might be the last thing I see, but... That's why I have to hope that Edmonton just doesn't get a tornado, because I would be so torn, because I don't want to be killed by a tornado, but also I've been fascinated by them, like, my whole life. And it would be really hard to not, like, just watch it for a little while. I feel the same way. There, uh, in high school, a tornado hit Grand Prairie, and uh, it went down the street, like across from where my mother worked, but it was really far away from the high school where I was. So I, all I got to see was the bite it took out of the Safeway. That's so pretty cool. Hey, Gando. <laughs> Special guest. Okay, I'll let you get on with, with what you need to say about the show. Yeah. How was the episode, Alexi? I liked this episode a lot because it reminded me what I had forgotten, which is that I am emotionally invested in Kamen Rider Ghost. <laughs> I got goosebumps at one point. It's ridiculous. I'm embarrassed in myself for caring so much about this dumb TV show. It's because I care about the characters. It's, it's just, it's too easy. A little bit of a dramatic musical cue and people looking sad and beat up and I'm like, oh no. So that's the main takeaway. That's the big picture. Um, specifics. There's the part where Onari declares himself the badass master of the tiny table friends. Good. And like Spider Lantern rides on his head as they march out of the basement. And that was rad and came out of nowhere. 
we had a lot of moments between Makoto, Pretty Boy, and Taco, which were the main source of uh, my emotional investment. But also just weird stuff, because so we get all of the uh, photocopier coffins, which look really cheap. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I thought they looked like they were made out of cardboard that had been painted a little bit. They probably are. They look extremely flimsy. The episode opens with Makoto's body in one of them, and Elaine is just staring at it. You know, just Makoto body in an undershirt, yep. just... You know that thing we assumed that the bad guys forgot about? Yep. <laughs> Makoto's real body <laughs> that isn't under threat yep. at all. Apparently, they didn't forget about it, because Elaine just goes and stares at it sometimes. That's normal. That's a normal thing to do. Yeah, and we got to see Deep Connect... Uh, I actually did write down because Corey mentioned it in the Ghostwatch 2016 episode of trying to remember what their slogan was. They have a slogan on the poster that's broaden your outlook. Oh, that's awful. To me, though, it just tracks. Like, they're just this weird, typical tech startup, like Silicon Valley bullshit. They're probably doing something with the cloud. And at this (laughs) point in time, like VR. There are some clouds. Yeah, Yeah. some kind of VR, cloud tech cryptocurrency mining <laughs> operation. Mm. Uh, Ganma Hell, we spend a lot of time there, and it's just not a nice place. You got your Ruxnicks all over. You got Mooks all over the place, and Blue Angry Fight Boys. That's Spectre. He's he's normal. Well, okay, that's fair. I guess it's like Teal? Teal Angry Fight Boys? There's like Oh, the, the super grandma. Yeah. yeah. The level up from the mooks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I feel like I was trying to remember because there was that angry man that they fought for a while who was one of them. I don't remember. And then Gandalf. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, cat. <laughs> God. Anyway. That sounded so graceful. <laughs> it really did. It was, was a box involved. She flipped off of the table and into the pile of milk cartons that I've been waiting to take to the <laughs> bottle depot. God. I've lost my rhythm, Gandalf. I was talking about... Uh, you were talking about Javert, oh, yeah. I think, and then That's talking right. about... Because yeah, he was a teal yeah. white boy. Yeah. And I didn't know that there were like a bunch of teal white boys. And I don't know if that's just that I didn't pay enough attention or if this was the first time that we see, like, a bunch of them. But that was news to me. Well, now that you've seen one, they're not special anymore, so you can have, like, as many as you want. Yeah, I guess that is how that works. We get some family murder all over the place. Uh, Adele is... This is, like, it's a pretty confident pulling off of a plan so far. They might go to hell next episode, but he successfully kills his dad blames it on his brother and even though that doesn't work and the sister is like no that's no not true before there's a chance to do anything about it then he kills his brother so it's like he's just making his way down the line it's all going very well it's pretty wild too when he goes to his sister to try and frame elaine but he opens by saying i'm going to become the emperor now and waits for her to be like how does that make sense our dad is the emperor, and only then is he like, oh yeah, dad's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a hell of a way to break it to someone when you're trying to pretend that it wasn't you. <laughs> There's a lot of QB who I've started. 
your favorite. I'm sorry, writing in my He's notes it does like Q and B, like the letters, like he destroyed. Yes, that is yeah. his name. Yeah. It's super fast. But then I look at it and I get confused, but I'll, I'll get used to it. Yeah. And now, although it's like when Adele, why do they all have to have A names? When Adele kills Elaine, I was surprised and also like upset. And that was the realization of, hey, I guess I actually care about this character. I wouldn't, I didn't think I liked Pretty Boy, but then I was very sad when it looked like he was dead. That was my emotional revelation of the episode. And then it just, things get really shitty for our heroes. Nakoto and Takeru get beat up a lot. And Pretty Boy is just kind of in a constant state after that of confusion and limping. And it's just, it's very pathetic in a way that made me feel bad for all of them. They get beat up a lot by a new guy. Well, I guess he's not new because he's Sweat Boy, but Ultima is the new super strong form of Prince Adele. Ah. I did not notice he was a cat. And I went back and I do see that he's got cat-like features, but... Yes. Mm -hmm. I just noticed the Omega. I mean, he seems all right. He didn't really do anything... Cool. He just was like strong. Uh, are you saying having a badass cat costume is not uh, cool? I guess so. Oh, and I was I was so sad that no one in Ghostwatch twenty sixteen mentioned it because now I'm gonna feel weird to be the one to mention it. But he was wearing like tight leather pants, and his butt distracted me every time. <laughs> I am so sorry for what he is going to do to your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You've seen nothing yet. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it's not even, not in, like, <laughs> it was just distracting. It wasn't good or bad. It was just like, oh, man, he has tight A butt. That's a butt. <laughs> but they've just kind of left open. It's like a butt window because he's got armor around a lot of places, but his butt is just the big old there. leather-clad <laughs> butt, which the the extra sadness is that made me think I was like wait do they all have butts like this and I just only noticed now which meant I started paying attention to Takeru and Makoto's butts to compare and no their butts are much more covered up by the jacket or like otherwise normal butts I mean it depends I think sometimes Spectre just has like an arrow to his butt I do remember something like that yeah I didn't notice it this time but I vaguely recalled discussion of Spectre's butt when he was new to the show. Spectre kicks ass and that he sends Ultima to the Shadow Realm for a little while, which is pretty cool. I forgot he could do that. Why doesn't he do that more often? Oh, right. The pyramid. Yeah. Budgetary concerns, I suspect. That's fair. I don't know. They use a lot of CG effects. Yeah. It was cool. There was lots of cool fights. But yeah, then the moment that made me have goosebumps and I was like mad at myself for caring that much, but I did was that they went to the icon room. That's where like everyone ends up all together because Musashi leads Takeru to the right room. And they're checking out the blank icon, which I didn't realize before was like massive. I thought it was just normal. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the heck? It was very large. <laughs> yep. I don't know what to make of that now. This is an extra big soul. This is the big gulp of souls. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's like uh, Pretty Boy shows up and he's all like confused and hurt and he dramatically like keels over as he sees him and Makoto dramatically rushes forward to catch him and like cradle him in his arms. 
And then they like get up again and Takeru confronts him and yells a lot. Because I have to say, the, the fact that Takeru found these photocopier coffins full of people and then watched them get disintegrated in a very Mass Effect 2 kind of way, that that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Takeru is like what nineteen now because he was killed on his eighteenth birthday and it's been a year. I don't know. I don't know if you age after you die. I... That's very. Takeru is eighteen to nineteen, and obviously very over empathetic. So it was like yes, that's hard shit to see. But yeah, there was all this dramatic music and and people getting upset with each other, and I I was really into it in a like no these poor people kind of way. But then we get the that's good to hear the rad team up. And they get surrounded and they go back to the real world. And then they fight Lady Knight and I get sad again because she was really cool. And I'm sad that they killed her instead of getting her to join. This is what I was saying. If they just killed QB already, then there'd be spot on the roster for Lady Knight. I, they've got a lot of room in the temple for people. It's, it's not a space issue. It's like a team comp issue, though. There's only one Ganma slot in the team comp. Not that QB does anything. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it was cool, though, because it's funny, because they kept having shots of the Lady Knight just waiting for Takeru to get back, and Onari and Akari just kind of passing time. Though they had a brief point where they were fighting her by themselves, and I was like, you go, side characters. Because at this point, it's still just like, Onari has his staff, and Akari has her glow gun. And hey, they were doing like pretty good for... A couple of normies. But I found that the, the shots coming back and forth were kind of good to me and that they were establishing that there was just this very miserable kind of vibe where even if Takeru and Makoto and, and Elaine were to get out of the situation that they were in, you, the audience, knows that they're going to like land in the human world and immediately have to deal with someone else trying to kill them. So yep. It was just this kind of like you know that they're between not just a rock and a hard place, but then also, like, another secret rock. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, that's good shit. <laughs> but they deal with it. And then there's a man who wakes up in a box, and I don't recognize him, so I don't understand this reveal. And then we just... That was, that, uh, was, that that was the teal guy you were talking that about. That was Javert? Yeah. Oh. No. Was it? Or yeah. was it Hero? No, it was Military. That later. Okay. All right. Cool. Fa it's not that, that completely disposable guy from later that never really does anything. Yeah. And yeah, it's just the episode ends with Takeru, like sitting in front of a shrine, thinking back on all the traumatic stuff that he's seen. So it's like, wow. <laughs> it's a bummer. He's got PTSD. Yeah, pretty much. And then like, the next episode preview also looked very uh, emotionally compromising. So we're back to Feels Town, for me at least. It won't last. I, yeah, I, I'm sure it won't, because this basically happened for, what, the period of like two episodes before when Takeru did hit the end of his 99 days? Yep. And there were briefly some like emotional episodes that first made me realize I cared too much about this kid's show. And then it went back to, like, no feelings for a long time, which is why it surprised me to have feelings again. But I do suspect it won't last. How about yourself, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you a robot now? 
I have no feelings. <laughs> I don't. The show killed them. I don't recall having any feelings about this episode, but it was like two years ago. <laughs> Literally. Like, like, I remember it being decent. Yeah. Like, yeah, they do some stuff. Someone dies. I re- plot moves. I remembered them being in Ganma Hell for like three episodes or something, but I, I guess I'm just conflating all the other times they go to Ganma Hell. Spoilers. <laughs> well, I should hope, because yeah, they, they did not use that set a lot. They're like, set what set? It's a bunch of trash stuff and red filters. Let's see, there's the parking garage, <laughs> the lobby of a large building. Yeah. And some exterior shots. I mostly remember the parking garage. With the fluorescent bulbs that just go places. I just really hope that they do... Like, they've set up so hardcore now that this has to be when Pretty Boy gets his, like, I'm going to at least somewhat join the side of the heroes arc. Like, they've, they've pushed it so far that at this point I will be mad if they draw it out for another five episodes. It seemed possible that, like, when Takeru was, like, pitting him against a wall in the icon room and shouting about dead people, that maybe it was starting to sink in that the utopia is not too great. But goddammit, I hope that they stick with it and they don't have to do this all over again. I don't even remember. Yeah. I mean, it could take, it could not. There could be, like, incremental growth and then later a more serious growth. I got another like like one and a half seasons of Common Rider under my belt since then. I only vaguely remember the progression of Ghost, except for a couple of things. I was glad that the ocean was back in Ghostwatch 2016. Yeah. I think that going to the ocean is a useful turn of phrase. I should send my friends to the ocean more often. Yeah, uh, we do use that in Loading Running Run periodically, but it's more uh, jump off a sea cliff. Okay. Mm. Something like that. Going to the ocean is is kind of uniquely Ghostwatch. But you have to clear it with uh, Hodor. Yeah, because she's in charge of the ocean. Right. I, okay, I should send her a... If you want an ocean membership, that's who, you, that's who you hit up. So I'm trying to go yeah. to the ocean next week. Oh. Sweet. Oh, that's right, because you're going away. Yeah. You're going to the ocean. I'm going to the ocean. I, I committed ocean crimes. And I'm uh, <laughs> going to atone for my sins. Hopefully I'm watching Pacific Rim too. Yeah, God, I'm doing so much Pacific Rim stuff. It's great. I'm inviting that does seem like atonement. Random game developers to come with me to Pacific Rim. Is it showing at like the Alamo Draft House or anything? Anything cool? Uh, I don't know enough about San Francisco. I'll probably go. It's in the big theater in the Metreon, which is close to the convention center. So I'll probably go there. Hmm. And then I'm doing an escape room that's specific room themed, which is going to be great. And I'm possibly going to just like freak out the other nine people doing it with me because I don't know how into specific room they are, but I'm going to remake my Newton Geisler tattoos tomorrow. You're not going to be drift compatible with any of the other people and you'll oh, never no. get out. <laughs> Shit. Awkward. It's even though it's like, uh, it probably it can't be as good as I'm hoping it'll be. My expectations are too high. Just because even if it wasn't Pacific Rim, the theme of it is that you're like in San Francisco when a kaiju attacks. And that just sounds so cool because that would be the case, whatever kaiju it was. Because God knows San Francisco gets crushed by kaiju like pretty often. 
Mm-hmm. And so life goals be in San Francisco when it gets crushed by Kaiju. This is going to be like the last Starfighter and the escape room will be real, but oh. you won't be drift compatible. <laughs> oh, no. And we're all doomed because of this trip. I'm sorry, everyone. I will go to the ocean. Well, they, they'll never hear this because by the time this would have come out, we'll have been doomed. Yeah, that's true. I did. I thought of saying, like, should I say in this? If ever, if anyone's listening, hey, come say hi at GDC. And I'm like, by the time this airs, GDC. A little, little late. Yeah. yeah, no. Come see me at GDC 2019. I mean, I can I can tweet from the Twitter account. Go see Alexi. Could do that. Get some takoyaki. Oh, I should, yeah. So, yeah. Friends forever. Oh, you want people to bring you takoyaki. Well, that would be the best case, but we could also go get takoyaki together. Uh, that was a cute thing in the episode I didn't mention. it, uh, And that was actually a, a slight redeeming thing. That was a nice moment that did involve QB, which is that QB and Canon had a, like, bonding art time, and on the table was little to-go boxes of takoyaki that they had obviously gotten from the nice lady. So they could just replace Canon with the Lady Night Gamma. And everything would be perfect. <laughs> Better. It's true. Yeah. It's like, who needs a Ganma slot when you've got a female character slot that's not being used? <laughs> really not effectively. Not anyway. No. Well, somebody needs to put washcloths on people's heads after they have difficult fights they're recovering from in the recovery room. Wouldn't you prefer Onari did that? Yes. Would I prefer that? No. <laughs> yes. See, Alexi agrees. Yeah, Alexi would agree with that. <laughs> it's weird how I set that up. <laughs> I I agree with it enough that I dare say it makes up for the neutral to negative feelings of many other people in a really utilitarian kind of sense. I would prefer Akari if, if I had my choice of characters. No, she's got to do science to save people. She has time to put a washcloth on my head. Her time is better spent in the basement. Oh, so now it's your head, is Thanks. that... Is this a self-insert scenario? I'm, say, I'm saying if it was me, <laughs> and I had my choice of characters, that's the character I would pick. Corey, who would you pick to put a washcloth on your head in the recovery room? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> mm. Condor phone? Uh, yeah, or, or maybe like blue-eyed business boy, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. Other characters are later. I think. Yeah, I actually have another pick, but the, but she hasn't shown up. Yeah. Blue-eyed business boy. That's the one who was... Possessed uh, by Ryoma. Yeah, that's yeah. a good... That is a good pick. It's like a deeper cut, but he was really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd still pick Onari, obviously, but... Yes. Good choice. We encourage all listeners to write in with their answer to the question, who would you like to put a soggy washcloth on your face? <laughs> That is all a hashtag, to be clear. Hashtag, you want to soggy on your face. <laughs> Let's get it trending, folks. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, anything else? No. All right, then I am shutting her down. Oh, wait, uh, I was going to make an Ultima what? online joke. An Ultima online joke? I just kept thinking of it because the new guy, his name's Ultima. The yes. Uh, okay, what's your joke? Yeah. We're, we're, we're waiting. 
wouldn't it be cool if you know when necrom transforms it says necrom online or something like that ultima should say ultima online get it because it's a video uh, game no that's x-aid yeah that's next season yeah because it's a video game that came out <laughs> you're really devoted to this bit and i respect that we should call him Lord British. What? Hey. Ah. Uh, Richard Garriott. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Epsilar. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Gold Sarcasmium. And you can find me on Twitter at AM Peppers. Or in the ocean, this, where I now live. This has been Ghostwatch 2017. Ooh. Ooh. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.